Hello and welcome to the Big 12 Country Podcast, where four guys in jockstrap will be covering college football and providing content and HSOs from around the Big 12. back everybody uh we're here with our week 11 review and our week 12 preview because uh we had to combine shows this week because we had some things come up not everybody was available so uh we'll do our best to cover every game as as well as we possibly can um you know kind of with our look around the league going back to the week 11 weekend review here uh starting with kindle quickly what was one one great observation you had of the games or you know, something you figured out or learned about anybody if you're still learning things about anybody at this point? Well, I mean, one thing that I find interesting this week is even though that uh, Texas lost, and my bold prediction was they went out and Charlie Strong might be able to keep his job. Um, I, I was kind of curious this week. I heard that, you know, Charlie Strong, there's still a chance that he might keep his job. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's something interesting to see what happens throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I kind of remember before the year them saying that 7-5 and five was possibly a number he could keep his job, but – you know, like I said, it's so hard to put a number on something like that in August. There's so many variables involved in what that 7-5 looks like versus, you know, it could be really, you know, if they if they only beat the seven worst teams in the conference, then obviously it doesn't look as good as it would, you know. So, I don't know, yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's possible. I'm still under the impression that Texas needs to let, some, let him go. I, I just don't think it's good for the program to let this linger another year because if he gets off to a bad start, it's going to be rumblings again, similar to the Les Miles situation. So I say just go ahead and cut the cord and start fresh. Yeah, I just don't ever see it being what they want it to be with him as head coach. And, um, you know, I'm not going to be convinced otherwise that that's ever going to happen barring he goes out and wins a title or something. So, um, all right, uh, it's I guess Ethan or Jockstrap. You're next. We don't have Colin with us tonight. Uh, Jockstrap, what do you have? Any observations from the weekend? Anything you learned? That Oklahoma, that Texas Tech needs to practice their field goal kicking. <laughs> practice. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a bad one to miss there. Pretty critical. Uh, Brady, what was your takeaway from the weekend? Um, that Kansas will try anything to trick somebody <laughs> literally literally laying down in the end zone yeah they're not the first ones to do that but by god they pulled it out of the hat uh, i was yeah. pretty I, I mean it you know to an extent it worked i've actually seen that go for touchdowns before but it worked yeah they got yeah. quite a bit up the field so and you know for the first quarter and a half they pretty much dominated that game they wrote One four things for sure those guys are trying yeah <laughs> i mean that, that and that's the thing like to to have that kind of record it can't be tough to go out and perform. It's got to be tough to kind of go out and perform every week at a high level. And they do everything in their power to win a game every single week. So That's all you can ask for. I mean, yeah. I mean judging by the talent discrepancy between them and other people, the, mm-hmm. you, you do all, what you can do. Do yeah. all you can do. You're, you're trying. They're trying to find, figure out a way to win. So, I mean, you got to give tip your hat a little bit to them for doing that. Yeah, that's not easy to do. Um, okay, uh, one thing, I you know, obviously – it, on the on the whole nation level, you know, there was a lot of upsets this week. You know, Clemson went down to Pitt, which absolutely stunned me at home. Like, I did not see that one coming at all. Like, I thought, you know, potentially a tough game for him, but that's it. Um, and the Michigan one. Yeah, the Michigan one to Iowa, that was big. Uh, the one that nobody's really talking about that I kind of think is interesting, for, for lack of better terms, Auburn being upset by Georgia, like, you know, Auburn, everybody going into that game was like, well, Auburn, all they got to do is, you know, 
basically hold the fort here till they get to the Iron Bowl. If they can beat Alabama, they can win the conference, you know, da 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 And I almost wonder if Auburn was overlooking that game because Georgia's been terrible this year. I mean, awful. And What's Georgia ranked? Like eight or nine now? <laughs> <laughs> probably. They probably will be. Yeah, I forgot to look and see. But, uh, yeah, I just uh, to me that one was interesting because you got a terrible team at the bottom of the SEC and the East, which has absolutely been brutal, um, versus, you know, a West team that was right there in position. Their only two losses were to uh, Clemson and then a close one to – or, no, they ended up winning the LSU game, didn't they? Um, I can't remember what the other loss was they had now off the top of my head. But, yeah, they – so, I don't know. Uh, to me that one was an interesting one. To me, that pretty much left it wide open for Alabama at this point, which, I mean, I think was a given anyway. But Okay, quickly, um, so news and notes from the weekend. Uh, let's see here. The theme see obliterated Washington. <laughs> yeah, they did. I forgot to add that one in there. Um, right now, the only three teams literally left to have a shot at one in this league pretty much is Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Um, Oklahoma plays the other two. You know, going forward, uh, they all they almost all play each other. Then Oklahoma State, West Virginia have already played each other, so it will get worked out. Nevertheless, um, the theme of the week in the news and notes this week was autonomy. It was in every ding near every mention. Uh, the Big Twelve continues to brag on itself about stuff like the Big Twelve continues as the only autonomy conference to play a round robin league schedule, in which all teams play each other. Um, you know, it's ever since they switched to that, Oklahoma, or there's never been a team going defeated. Oklahoma's the first team that's got a real legit shot to do that. Um, oh, this is one that I saw that they're really pumping. The Big 12 leads autonomy conferences with 49% of league games decided by a touchdown or less, and is second in lowest scoring margin, 14.88, which <laughs> within conference games behind the SEC, who's 14.57, three of the last week. Three of the last week's Big 12 games were decided by seven points or fewer. So, which, I mean, that's not anything new. The league's always had close, exciting shootout games ever since, you know, I can, you know, going back 10 years or so, it's always been tight games. So, they're, that's the, the BS they're popping right now. Um, Oh, where's the players at? I was going to lynch the players. Okay. Uh, players of the week on offense was Mason Rudolph for Oklahoma State, who's, for lack of a better term, been on a tear here lately. Uh, Jordan Evans, the linebacker from OU, who had probably the best game I've ever seen him play in the four years he's been in Norman. Uh, Michael Barden, the punter kicker for Texas Tech. Um, and David Montgomery it was the newcomer of the week with uh, the ISU running back freshman who filled in and did a pretty good job for Warren uh, being hurt and not early getting to play. So uh, anything else from the weekend before we get into these game previews? No. Okay. No. Well, you could get in if you want to go into more. We just don't have time to cover all the news and notes. If you want to look this stuff up yourself, uh, the Big Twelve puts out a PDF every week. Uh, if you just search like fo- go to Google and Google Big Twelve PDF, weekly PDF football, something like that, it'll pop up and you can find it. And it has all the little news and notes. I mean, there's four or five pages here, all kinds of information. You're giving away our sources, man. I know, but I just don't have time to read it all, and I feel bad. <laughs> Okay, going into Iowa State, Kansas. Um, this one, you know, we kind of joked around calling this the toilet bowl. But honestly, we, you know, going to this game, we said this was going to be pretty even. Uh, everything about it was just screaming an even matchup. And, you know, um, it ended up being 
at first Kansas kind of took control of the situation. They were up fourteen and to three going into about halfway in the third quarter, second quarter. Uh, Iowa State fought back, ended up winning it late. Uh, real quickly to me, this was the play of the game. This is uh, Lazard early in the second quarter. Um, this one kind of brought Iowa State back into the situation. They're down fourteen to three. Uh, like I said, about halfway through, roughly into the third or second quarter, and at this point, it had been pretty much all Kansas. Right here, Iowa State kind of leveled things off, and then kind of came back and ended up winning it from this point on. And this was an amazing catch if you get a chance to go watch it. Looking left, immediately going that way. Flag is down. Looks like Lazard still caught it. They're talking it over, and they call it a touchdown. End up on the outside. Just throw the ball up. Put it in a position where he can use his length to go and get it. Okay, that's uh, Lazard there making a catch in the back of the end zone. The guy basically tackled him, which is a, a theme throughout this week that we saw in some amazing catches. Um, you know, he, he got his head – the defender from K-State got his head back, did all he could, but he basically took him out in the back corner of the end zone. Lazard came down with it anyway. And like I said, from that point on, it kind of felt pretty even. Eventually, Iowa State pulled ahead. Um, had they kicked a field goal there, things possibly could have come out a little differently. So – um, you know, Kansas, no, no, nobody else was able to do anything else that quarter. And then, you know, going into the third quarter, Iowa State pretty much took control. So, um, you know, real quickly, going into that quarterback narrative we've talked about with them, <clears throat> I've been pretty hard on them about their quarterback uh, situation. This week, I felt like what they did was work and I would work and I would be okay with for the most part. Park was, you know, heavily the guy who had the ball in his hands. Mm -hmm. And then they brought in Lanning just kind of, you know, it, whenever they thought they needed a good running play, he threw the ball a few times. But most of the, for most part, it was heavily Park. And to me, that dynamic where it's just a little bit of a change up with Lanning is great. I just right. don't want to see any more of this, you know, I don't know, so call it 50-50, 40-60 crap. Uh, like to me, that just does, that it just Split takes drives. away. Yeah, it just takes too much momentum away from the offense. To me, this was a much better, much smarter way of doing it. I thought they did a great job with it. So anyway, your thought, anybody's thoughts on the game here? Go ahead, Kendall. Yeah, well, I I'm with you on that as far as the quarterback. We we we've, we don't like the 50-50 thing, but you know, if you're bringing in a quarterback for specialty plays, kind of like say Texas was doing at the early season with 18 wheeler package, mm -hmm. or going back a few years ago when OU had the bulldozer package, there's there's nothing wrong with having a package for a guy like that, but splitting up drives is not not ever going to work. But the one thing I, I was impressed with this game is, is the Kansas quarterback Stanley. I thought he came in and played pretty well, uh, you know, being freshman. So I mean, to me. This, this is going to be set up good. I hope they ride him out the rest of the year because I, I feel like he, he could get some good game time under his belt you know, going into next season. So I, I was pretty impressed the way he played this game. Yeah, all in all, it didn't turn out to be the, the quarterback fest we thought it would be. I mean, there was a chance to have several quarterbacks play in this game. And really, Stanley took control from Kansas from the beginning. And Park, like I said, it, he did most of the damage for Iowa State. So, uh, Brady, your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think the same. I think it was good to see Iowa State commit more towards park uh, i thought he was very efficient 20 for 26 with his passing so um you know they they both teams relied heavily on the run montgomery got majority of the carries for iowa state and kenner and martin kind of split split carries for uh for kansas and they both had a pretty good day kenner had 152 yards and a touchdown so he had the better day uh, but i thought they both were pretty efficient running but the biggest thing for me out of this game uh especially for kansas is carter stanley i think it was good to see him you know 
get out there and sling the rock around a little bit. You know, he didn't throw for a lot of yards, but I thought he looked pretty decent. Um, and I, I'm with you guys. I think they've burned the red shirt, so ride him out for the rest of the year and see what he got. Get some of that experience. Yeah, I mean, especially, too, because this guy is kind of – and it kind of almost seems like he's going to be the poster child for David Beatty's either success in rebuilding this team or failure. Right. It's going to kind of come around him. So – you might as well get him out there and see what happens because, I mean, if Stanley ends up being a bust, then chances are Beatty won't be around, you know, four or five years from now anyway because eventually they're going to want some kind of success on the field. So, you know, I think it lives and dies with him most likely. Um, okay, uh, any final thoughts in the, on to this game before moving on? I mean, it pretty much was what we thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's a good game. I mean, that's kind of what we projected going in, close to good ball game. Yeah. Okay. They uh, are who we thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> Iowa State, for the note side of it, did get their first conference win, so that was good for them. Uh, looks like they're going to finish either two and nine, unless they can, you know, win this weekend. But other than that, you know, they got at least one conference win. So Kansas, if we don't pull out one this year, maybe next year you'll get your first conference win. So I, th- I think that Kansas Kansas State games will be pretty interesting. I do too. I really do. Um, you know, Kansas State seems like they've kind of peaked and they've almost even lost steam to some extent. Like they're almost running out of steam at the end here. Um, you know, and that's that game, man. It's it's there's a lot of hatred between those exactly. two. So you never know what could happen. <clears throat> uh, okay, uh, rolling into the next one we had this weekend was uh, West Virginia and Texas. Uh, this one ended up West Virginia twenty four twenty. Uh, it was in Austin. Uh, it was a pretty good game. Texas had a chance there late to pull it out. Uh, you know, West Virginia made a place to get it done at the end when it was all said and done. Uh, you know, Foreman, I thought, I thought, you know, West Virginia did a fairly decent job against Foreman. Um, he didn't, you know, they didn't shut him down by any means. He had 35 carries, so Texas obviously rushed him pretty hard. But, you know, he ended up with 167 yards, which – you know, that's a good day for a lot of people, but he's been killing people lately. You know, 200-yard plus a lot of performances. Um, he's been averaging six, seven yards a carry against a lot of teams. He didn't even get to five yards a carry against West Virginia. He had zero TDs. Um, so I felt like West Virginia did, for the most part, what they had to do to end up winning this game because if Foreman goes off for over 200 yards and a couple touchdowns, obviously West Virginia doesn't win this game. So, you know, I thought that was overall pretty good. Uh, Bouchelle. Pretty good game. I mean, he he did uh, not bad at all. 31 for 48, 318 yards. That's pretty solid. One touchdown, one interception. Um, You know, not bad, not great, not bad. Uh, Howard, I mean, he was was good enough, I guess, to get the win, but it was pretty ugly at times. I mean, he ended up having three picks. Uh, Two of them that I actually happened to click over and see was – I mean, just I again, I don't know what he's seeing on some of this stuff, but he just he kind of almost turned into the old Howard. Like last two weeks, he's been that way. Yeah, you I mean, saw Oklahoma State and this one. Yeah, and I don't and I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch, you know, away from the ball a little more and see if defenses are doing something a little different to kind of mess with him. I don't. I haven't been able to watch away from the ball enough to see that, but you know, something something's changed. I don't know if he's hurt or if it's what they're doing to him because he just is not – he looks like the old Howard, the Howard of old that we always said was, you know, show flashes of, man, this kid could be really good, right. and then he just falls apart enough in the game to get you beat. So, um, real quickly, the play of the game was um, – how do you say his name? Cavante uh, White. Yeah. Uh, he had a really ridiculous catch, um, pretty much down to him or D.D. Westbrook for catch of the weekend – 
And uh, this one was probably, if not a top five catch of the year in the Big 12, but definitely a top 10, but probably a top five catch. So here's this one. Texas bringing five. It's picked up. Howard with time. Wants wide in the end zone. He got shoved and still caught it. Touchdown, West Virginia. D. McCoy, the true freshman. He feels Jason Hall coming off the edge. He chops him down. Pass interference. Defense, number two. That penalty is declined. The result of the play is a completed pass for a touchdown. And then just a... So that was uh, Kevontae White there. He's, uh, again, kind of got Kevontae. a little little help. Karan. Huh? Karan or Kevontae? I think it's called... Or I'm sorry, I got him confused with somebody else. Karan White. I was confusing him with another name I had read today. Because it's spelled... Well, well they, they, they both have a K-A and apostrophe and then the rest of the name. And for some reason, I had Kevontae in my head. It was... Yeah, it's Karan. I'm sorry. Thank you for correcting me on that. Uh, Karan White. Um... But, yeah, he, he basically got a little assistance from the DB there, but also kind of tripped up and fell down if you didn't see the catch. Uh, fell down in the back corner of the end zone and caught it laying on his back pretty much. I mean, it was a lot of focus, a heck of a play. Um, the kids really turned out to be pretty good. I mean, um, I don't know that he's the, the deep threat because he doesn't quite have the size that his, is his brother. Yeah, Kevin. The Kevin had. Um, but as far as – the kid can excite you. I mean, he'll get you up out of your chair. He can make some plays and some amazing catches. So, uh, real quick, your thoughts on this game? Well, I, I just felt like, you know, going into this game, we said if, if West Virginia could go down to Austin and win this ball game, they're setting themselves up for the rest of the season looking pretty good because the hard, harder games against OU and Baylor, which now doesn't really seem as hard of a game, mm -hmm. but are both in Morgantown. And so – they kind of set themselves up to be in a pretty good position. Uh, it's really going to hinge on what happens this week. I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But they, they did what they needed to do by going down to Austin and getting the victory. Yeah. I mean, they could pretty much end the league this week other than, you know, depending on if Oklahoma State could beat OU or not. But obviously this weekend will take a huge step into figuring out what's going to take place the last week. So Absolutely. Yeah, basically it'll be Bedlam for winner-take-all or Bedlam for OSU having a shot to win the league or not. So – uh, you know, West Virginia can have a lot to say about that this weekend. Um, you know, like I said, it was pretty impressive overall that, that West Virginia was able to do enough on Foreman. Like, you know, he's absolutely killed people. Tons of yards, tons of touchdowns, big plays. I mean, his long of the day, which by no means is nothing to snuff at, but 30-something yards on his long of the day. So, I mean, they, they just limited him. You know, he, he has a few, you know, four or five runs where he absolutely busts out and kills people every every week, and he just didn't have that kind of day this week. So, you know, they did a good job of containing him once he broke through the front. Uh, Brady, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I thought I thought West Virginia did a really good job. I was kind of wondering to see what their D-line would do against Foreman. It looks like they held up pretty well. Um, you know, anytime you get him, with, especially with 35 carries, uh, when he's on the average and less than five yards a carry, that's, that's a pretty good day for the defense on stopping him because he's just – He's just a different type of animal. Um, I thought Skylar Howard, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm not sure exactly what's going on with him these last couple weeks, but he needs to clean up his game. I mean, he, he almost let Texas back in this game with, with his uh, with his throws, you know, three interceptions. Um, but I thought overall uh, the West Virginia secondary, I thought they did an excellent job. Uh, the longest play they gave up receiving play was 32 yards. 
and, and that's no easy task for a, for an offense like Texas where Bichelle's really good at, at deep throws and uh, you know you got some speedsters like DeVarnay and um, uh, Armani Foreman so I think West Virginia's defense I think we the verdict's out I think they're they're the real deal I think they can make some stops I know they gave up I think it was 37 or something like that to Oklahoma State last week but you know they're going to give up points, but I think they're I think they're very competitive when they give up those points. Well, and and speaking of that Oklahoma State game, the reason why was because Howard turned the ball over in bad positions, put the defense yeah. in really bad spots. That's you know I don't think that score think, is necessarily indicative of how well they their defense actually played. It's more Howard giving them the ball in a bad spot. Yeah, I think seventeen of those points started in the red zone. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean that you're you're not going to stop teams in the red zone that many times no yeah texas too i mean it's kind of been a story of them all year can they do anything with turnovers they just have i mean if they do a better job with turnovers points wise throughout the year this team's completely different record because they've gotten some turnovers um you know just picks some of them lucky picks bouncing off people different things like that but nevertheless they've gotten them and they just haven't ca- when you look at the totality of the season they just have not cashed in enough points on these turnovers so I mean, if West Virginia gives you three of them, you got to beat them. I mean, you're not going to you're not going to get a much better opportunity than that, and that's not going to. Ha- I mean, that hasn't been happening, you know, week in and out. I mean, if uh, you know, if West Virginia does that against some of these better teams here at the end, good chance they get. I mean, especially like an offense like Oklahoma has right now, who's one of the top offenses in the country right now, the way they're performing. You give them three turnovers, they're going to make you pay for it. So that'll be interesting to watch to see what they do. Um, I think West Virginia had four. I think didn't uh, they have Crawford fumble, lose yes. a fumble? Oh yeah, I forgot right. about the fumble. Yeah, yeah, they did have yeah. four. So yeah, I mean, if you get four takeaway, you've got to beat them if you get that. Well, I mean, you go on the road, give up four turnovers, and you still sneak out of the win. You got to feel pretty lucky. I mean, mm-hmm. to be honest, I mean, that's that doesn't normally happen. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, uh, we're gonna roll on to the next one here. Was uh, Texas Tech Oklahoma State, which was a barn burner, nevertheless. Um, you know, this one, honestly. I guess I don't know if maybe we didn't quite give it the the attention we should have. We kind of should have seen this coming more or less. I mean, these two, uh, similar to several other teams in the conference that just. I mean, there's if you think about it, there's a team that there's two teams that usually go at it pretty good every single year. In this case, it's Tech and, and Oklahoma State. I mean, it seems like going back to what, like 2006 or so, 2005, whatever, the Bobby Reed game, basically. Right. Um, Ever since then, these two have basically gone at it. And, uh, you know, that basically, if you weren't around to watch, it pretty much ended on this play here. Uh, this was Texas Tech killed, kicking an extra point to uh, tie the game up in the fourth quarter. He's three for three with trick plays today. Ooh, did he miss it? He missed it. Oh, my goodness. So uh, if you couldn't hear the announcers there, he uh, missed the field goal, Hatfield, uh, the extra point. And uh, Kendall, I'll throw it to you since you've heard this. I didn't hear it. Kendall has some interesting insight on the uh, Texas Tech kicking game. Well, I, I, I was – we had to be driving down the road and listening to the radio. We weren't able to watch it on TV. And uh, the sideline reporter was saying that the uh, reason why Texas Tech's having such a hard time is they don't have a long snapper, holder, kicker that is constantly practiced together. Uh, some of them play other positions on defense or offense, and so when, when other schools they have they specifically put people in positions, and that's all they do, and so you know that's all they practice on all day in practice. Well, 
with Texas Tech, they're not getting nowhere near the amount of practices the other schools are as far as snap and hold and kick. And that's probably, you know, if you think about it, it's pretty simple. If you if you don't practice it, it's hard to execute that in the game because, I mean, everything has to be perfect for a kick to go off and be right. So, I mean, in hindsight, kind of looking at it, it looks like, to me, there needs to be some kind of changes there because, obviously, it's hurt them. I mean, they lost the ball game due to that, this ball game. Yeah, to me, I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna blame Kingsbury for that. Uh, but at the same time, this I mean, because he oversees the team, but the special teams coach, I mean, what the hell are you doing? Like, to me, that's just asinine to not have a, a, a core guy. Now, I get it that a lot of holders, especially in the NFL, are backup quarterbacks, but – being that they are backup quarterbacks, they still find time for them to practice this. Right. I mean, this is an important part of the game, regardless if you think kickers are a joke or not. Right here is example one. Um, you know, and I could go through the the myriad of kicks that blown games. Uh, you know, this is just an extra point, and you're going into overtime most likely. There was a minute and 39 left. There's nothing to say that Oklahoma State couldn't have scored again, but if they don't, you get it in overtime, and it's all on this kick. So, well, another thing, to be honest with you, whenever I first heard, you know, whenever Texas Tech scored, my my first thought was, is they're going to go for two. Yeah, Oklahoma State's kind of got they're back yeah. on their heels. Uh, you know, uh, you got Mahomes is playing really well. It, it would be surprised they got like a little pass run option with him and mm-hmm. let him see what he can do. I mean, I, I was surprised they actually put the kicking team out there. I I was really expecting them to to try to go for two. Yeah, I'm sure they're wishing right now they would have gone for two. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I had the th- I had the same thought too when I when they I I thought well, that'd be a good spot for them to go for two. Uh, you know, Kingsbury just hasn't been a gambler enough, and I don't know if he just doesn't feel like he's got the clout, you know, since things haven't gone well enough to take those kind of risks or whatever, but he just traditionally, which, you know, isn't typical of this offense, the system, or even his co- former head coach. You know, they're gamblers. Leach, Leach will throw it on fourth down all day long, has no no fear at all about it. And he just he hasn't shown that in his coaching at all. Well, I mean, leading up to that, Oklahoma State had shown no no way of really stopping Texas Tech. I mean, mm-hmm. Holmes was was lighting everything up. I mean, he he was playing excellent football. I mean, if it's me, I want to. He's the guy I'd want to have the ball in the hands to try to win a ball game. Yep. So I I would if I would have been there, I would try to go for two because I, I don't I don't necessarily know if they could have stopped Oklahoma State on the back end with a minute and a half. I know that it's not very much time, but to get field goal range. It's a possibility. So, I mean, if it's me, I would probably went for the win. But that's yeah. I mean, on, and a lot of times they will say that, especially on the road. You're in that atmosphere that's not very friendly. If you can get the win and get the heck out, or at least put yourself in position to, again, there was a minute 39 left when he missed this kick, and there's nothing to say that Tech would have had any shot in hell at stopping OSU's offense. But, you know, there's a chance something could have happened, something could have got wrong, Rudolph could have thrown a pick, and they win the game going away. So, it would have put a lot of pressure on Oklahoma State to at least get in field goal range and see what they could do. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Brady, your thoughts on this game? Um, not not really much else to add. I thought Mason Rudolph had a good game. Uh, Mahomes, I mean, he still continues to impress uh, throughout this entire year. I think he's I – don't, I don't know if you guys saw quarterback ratings. I think it might have been in our conversation uh, for the draft. And I believe he's – ranked the number was it number two quarterback yeah i think he's in the top three by most people's it depends on who you're just who you're looking at but yeah by most people's standards i think he's in the top three yeah so. I, I just think he's he's got all the tools i think he lacks a little bit on his deep ball sometimes erratic throws every now and then but uh, overall i think he's really good um one thing one thing for oklahoma state that i think has 
really catapulted them this year uh, is their run game. Uh, you had Justice Hill and Chris Carson both. You can even throw in Rennie Childs, too, who only had two carries. But both Justice Hill and Chris Carson were averaging over seven yards a carry. I mean, I know it's Texas Tech and, and their defense is not good, but Oklahoma State in the last few years hasn't been a very good rushing team. And for them guys to get going like that, I think it it bodes well for Oklahoma State and how they match up with, with other teams here in the future. Yeah, I agree. And it seems like they finally found a balance, too, where they're using Carson and Hill – you know, use the good combination of the two, and they're they're finally getting some balance there. Where at the beginning of the season, they really didn't have any. Yeah, and yeah. It, to me, what's interesting about that, and what they should be commended for, is they've developed this in season. Um, you know, that doesn't happen a lot with certain things. When you get after you get two or three games into the season, you kind of figure, well, this is what we are. We'll just you know we'll do what we can do with it, and you'll have some good games and some bad games. But they really have. You've seen a steady progression of. You know, not only getting better at this, but the blocking getting better, but the also, like you said, the dynamic of we know when we're going to use Carson, we know when we're going to use Hill, and it's it has. It's worked extremely well. So, I mean, that, they should be commended for being able to figure that out, especially considering that as bad as it's looked the last few years, you know, by like game three, I'd pretty much written off the fact that they were going to be able to run the ball at all this year. So to look yeah. down and see 18 carries, 126 yards, and a touchdown – May not sound great to a lot of people, but where they came from, you'll right. definitely take it, especially with the passing ability this team has. Yeah, yeah, and I was I was probably one of the more harder guys on Chris Carson last year, coming into this year anyways. I, I just didn't think he had it. Um, he didn't seem to have the patience, the vision, or anything like that. I mean, he's a big guy, uh, strong, strong, powerful runner, but it looks like the game, you know, last year, obviously a junior college transfer, it looks like the game has finally slowed down a little bit for him on, on this level. And he's actually being a little more patient runner and it helps that he's actually getting some lanes to run through too. Yep. Um, but you know, he's, he's definitely turned around his career at OSU this year from what he did last year. Yep. Uh, any final thoughts on this game? Well, it's, I mean, hist- historically, that that's the type of game we were expecting to see a barn burner shootout. I mean, that's that's what they they've been doing all for the last five or six years in a row. So yeah, Tech's probably sick of going to Stillwater and getting beat like this. I mean, there's, <laughs> yeah, it's heartbreaking. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, they're probably tired of doing this. So, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, we're gonna roll on to the uh, final game of the week of the last weekend. Here uh, was Baylor versus Oklahoma. We kind of thought this would be the uh, game of the week. You know. For lack of a better term, it really didn't turn out to – it didn't really come to fruition. Um, Oklahoma ends up winning this 45-24. to 24. Um, You know, a lot of people I know are going to say, well, you know, Seth Russell went out with an injury. But I, even before that, I, there, there just wasn't a feeling that Oklahoma was going to lose this game. Uh, they were pretty much in control from the word go. Um, but yeah, if you missed it, Seth Russell went out with a pretty uh, gruesome injury. A broken bone in his neck. A broken bone no, in his neck. No, that's no, that's, that's last, year. last year. Oh, last year. Um, he uh, last year. he uh, dislocated he, ankle. Yeah, dislocated his ankle, and it was pretty much hanging to one side about ninety to hundred degrees. So <laughs> it was yeah. uh pretty gruesome. I was I was at the game, and it happened over kind of where my seats are at, and. It was it was nasty. He went down, and you could immediately tell that he, you know, something wasn't right because he kind of got up and didn't move. And then you see, 
I, I think it was Parker that maybe Stephen Parker that kind of went over there and looked at it and he kind of got down on his knee real quick and took his helmet off and he just, it, it looked nasty. Then they showed the replay, which they never show the replay on, on the big screen, but this time they showed the replay mm-hmm. and it was probably the loudest gasp I've ever heard in a stadium. Yeah, you could hear it, it on TV. It was like, because right right as you guys saw it on TV was the instant they were getting ready to go to the replay on TV. And right before they they played it on TV, you heard the whole stadium go, oh, like that. And I was like, this must be as bad as we think it's going to be. Well, you know, it's and it's what, it's what it's like, too, like when I watch on TV, whenever you start seeing the other team start waving their hands and, and taking knee and stuff around the guy, you, mm-hmm. you, you know it's not good. Because, I mean, that means they can visibly, visibly see – the injury, so it must be pretty nasty for them to start instantly waving for the other team to come over and help the kid. So yeah, and I mean, you feel for the guy. Last year, um, you know, as, as hard as we are in Baylor, you know, I don't, I don't wish anybody to go through what he's had to go through. The neck injury, uh, you know, he, you could tell he just wasn't quite himself this year, but he was doing a pretty solid job. Uh, you know, going before the injury, he did. I mean, you know, he was having a pretty not uh, not so great of a game. He only threw for 148 yards, uh, one touchdown, two picks. Uh, he's basically throwing right around 50 rule, right just under 50% passing. On comp- yeah, he, was, uh, so. he was very inaccurate all day. Uh, I thought he was high throws on short slants, uh, not getting the deep ball. Uh, he, he was just all over the place, and he didn't see the linebacker. He didn't see Jordan Evans, I don't think, all day long. Well, uh, one thing about that, too, I was surprised they, they didn't try to stretch the field out early in the game. It seemed like they, they kept trying to do you know quick passes, passes over the mm-hmm. middle. They, they didn't really do a whole lot. I was really expecting them to come out and try to attack up the field and, and get some couple of deep balls, but they, they really didn't do a whole lot of that in the first half. They kind of set back and, and just kind of tried to dink and dunk, and that was the wrong thing to do in this well, game. One thing I noticed, too, is uh, – you know, Oklahoma, again, had back their good pass rusher, Oboe, in this game. He was really getting a lot of pressure. Um, I don't know if maybe they didn't think they had the time to do it or if maybe they were trying to set something up, but you're right. I mean, they're throwing congestion a lot. Um, I mean, every time – well, like the interceptions at the goal line. I mean, that was just yes. a ton of traffic. Um, you know, Jay, uh, Jordan Evans, more, I don't want to say necessarily he may have baited him, but he was right there ready to make to pounce on the throw. He saw it coming the whole way. Um, Seth Russell just he he stares down his throws. He he's one of the guys that wants the ball snapped. He's looking at where he wants to go with the ball. Well, they've been and so that, they've been so successful that, over the years of just that throw, get it out and throw right. it at one spot. Yeah. Like he hasn't really had to think about it. And you know that kind of goes back to what I've said about him this year. They haven't had they don't have that short passing game threat at wide receiver like they've had in the past. It's just these two receivers that are really good downfield receivers. They're good, fast, solid athletes that can go get the ball deep, but all that in between in the middle of the flats, the screen passes, they just don't have a lot of those guys. They don't have a Coleman who's just absolutely going to take the top of a defense. You know, they don't have that. Well, you know, and then you have Shock Linwood, who was suspended for the game, and then Terrence Williams kind of gets banged up there early in the first half. I mean, mm-hmm. it everything that could have went wrong for Baylor as far as, you know, the key guys that you needed in the game, you know, or going out of the game. That, that yep. makes it really tough to win on the road, especially against a high-power team like Oklahoma who's going to put up points on you. You've got to be able to answer. And that, that I think those all those things combined just it, just turned into a train wreck, really, for Baylor's offense. Yeah, they I, – I mean, to me, one thing I will say is I expected them to fold up, especially when OU went up, like, you know, 14 to nothing or then – uh, at one point, they were up like I think twenty something to seventeen or thirty something to seventeen, basically. 
uh, like 35-17, I think is what it was. At that point, I basically, in the third quarter, expected Baylor to tap out, and they never did. I mean, they, you know, you have all these injuries going on. Your best players are out of the game for the most part. Uh, your offensive line's been getting whipped for basically four quarters. Uh, your defensive line, who's very undersized, which I didn't even realize to what extent they were until I watched this game. I mean, I've seen them play this year, but I didn't understand. I don't think anybody's ever called out their sizes in a game that I've noticed. And they called out their – I mean, they average like 265 pounds, 275 pounds across the D-line. The D I mean, that's – you know, you're not – especially a large offensive line, you're just not going to have much of a chance in that. So, um, they just basically got whipped at on all facets of the game. <clears throat> Their defensive backs did a pretty good job sometimes, but for the most part they did. And, you know, they just never did quit. And I was really, really surprised by that. I expected them to fold up and go away, and they never did. So, uh, real quickly – I'll go ahead, Brady. Uh, I thought Baker Mayfield had a had a really solid game. Again, very efficient, 20 for 25, 300 yards, two touchdowns. He had – he did have that one pick, uh, kind of just floated one out there to Dahu Green, which uh, if Dahu Green would have gave any effort to try to break up that pass, you know, I think that's just being a young receiver and not fighting for the ball. But Yeah, he looked like a know, spectator on that. Yeah. Regardless, Baker probably shouldn't have made that throw. Um, Mixon, I mean, the guy's an animal. I, I think that we're seeing the last days of him in college. I don't think there's any chance that he stays, sticks around uh, for the first time. I went back and watched the <clears throat> watched the game and, and listened to the broadcast, and for the first time watching an OU game, you could hear a lot of praise for, for his ability and how different of an athlete he looks versus everybody else. Uh, P. Ryan had 23 carries for 100 yards, so OU had two 100-yard rushers this game. Um, so uh, that was definitely a feat. And then D.D. Westbrook. I mean, what can you say about that guy? I mean, four catches, 88 yards, two touchdowns, two unbelievable touchdowns. Um, he he did have one drop, I guess. I mean, that's the negative. But it was kind of a, a long throw where he tried to fingertip it and just couldn't reel it in. But still, those those three guys or those four guys are are some of the better players in college football this year and. For OU offensively, it's it's tough for tough for other teams to match up against them. Yeah, one thing I will say about Mixon that I noticed this game, he's definitely becoming a better running back. Like in the past, he's just kind of been like an all-purpose guy. Like we can use him doing it. Watching him hit the holes and stuff in this game, he's really starting to understand how to become a running back at a higher level. Like he's he's, he's seeing the field better. You can just see it. He, it it's no longer just him out-athleting yeah. a lot of people. You can actually see him setting up runs and doing what he needs to do. That's the biggest thing when you go to college. Because in high school, he's able to outrun everybody, able to outmaneuver everybody because he's, he's way far superior on it. On the, you know, he's superior on a college level. On a high school level, he's really superior. So it takes a while for them to understand the patience of the game and how to read stuff and, and how to be, you know, the biggest thing is patience. Mm -hmm. You're not able to just grab the ball and run as hard as you can. It, it's, it's a little bit different once you get in college. And yeah. I agree with you. He's starting to figure that portion of the game out. Yeah. he's. The, I mean, and, you know, a lot of it's probably because he just didn't get a whole lot. Of t well, he got touches last year, but you know, obviously P. Ryan was the feature of the offense. And going into the beginning of this year, that kind of felt like the same point until after the Ohio State game, everybody was like, finally, get this guy the ball. And, you know, they've kind of done a focus to that along with P. Ryan getting hurt. And he has. He's finally learned how to play running back better. So, um, any final thoughts going on this game? Anything else? Uh, of note, Jordan Evans, first OU player to ever have two sacks and two interceptions in a game. thought he had a 
very up and down game. He was either making spectacular plays or non-existent. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure what it is with that guy. He's either in the game or he's not. Well, he's he's never been a like a what I would call a playmaker. He's just always kind of been a good role player. He's always had a lot of tackles or whatever. Uh, this game, he finally and and that's one thing. Oh, you didn't really have a linebacker this year, and you've seen that. He finally stuck out and got some turnovers and made some plays in a dramatic form and fashion. And um, you know, but yeah, he's when he's not doing that, he's gonna go away. He's just not. He's never has been and never gonna be a guy that grabs the spotlight for the most part. So. Um, okay, rolling on into our games of the week, going into the uh, Week 12 preview here, starting out with Texas-Kansas. Uh, you know, FBI, probably no surprise, gives Texas about a 91% chance to win this game. Uh, you know, the, the matchup of the quarterbacks here, <laughs> it's pretty pretty crazy to look at some of the differences and some of their stats here. Cozart, man, like if, if he's, got, he's the leading passer, I just don't know that he's going to – do you guys think there's any chance he sticks around and plays anymore at all, or is it just going to be pretty I, much? I think you got to roll Stanley out there. I mean, yeah. you, you burnt the red shirt on him. He played pretty well in this last game. I mean, I think you have to put him out there and get some experience going into next year. I mean, I think it's critical. If you're going to pull the red shirt off of him, you, you pretty much have said, here we go, we're, we're going with the kid, because you can't – I mean, you're not going to get it back. And I, I can't see you pulling it for one game. That would be really dumb. Yeah. I, I just don't know how, you know, Brady, do you have any inkling they might try to use Kozar anymore, or what do you think about I don't, that? I don't think so. I think uh, Stanley's the guy. I think the only way we see Kozar again is maybe situationally or if Stanley is having a really bad day and they just you kind of want to give him a break, let him clear his head. Yeah, I don't. to me, if you're going to do this with a young kid, these are delicate situations. You don't want to – have him all of a sudden instilled with a fear of, oh, God, if I screw up, the coach is going to give me the hook because that's obviously not the message you want to send to the kid when you're trying to instill confidence in him. Right. I mean, the best way to get these young guys going, you've seen it with young quarterbacks throughout this conference for years because we've had so many great ones in this conference. Um, you know, get these young guys going. You give them good little simple passes, let them set up, get some confidence to take off. I mean, Texas did it great with Colt McCoy, OU with Sam Bradford, Reese, uh, Kansas with Todd Reesing. Uh, you know, Missouri with Chase Daniels for years. There's these good quarterbacks at young ages starting out, getting them set up, going, 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 and letting them take off. And that's kind of what I look for him to do with them. If you start giving him the hook and, you know, I just don't know that you might destroy the kid before you ever really get him started. So I do want him to, to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, one, one thing I'm curious this game is can, can Kansas figure out a way to stop, you know, Foreman? I mean – West Virginia did a better job than what we all kind of thought going into the game. Mm-hmm. Will Kansas be able to do that? I mean, if not, I, you know, I, it's going to be really hard for Kansas to win. I mean, to be competitive in the game, actually. I mean, Foreman, he's just a different type of back, and whenever he gets going, he's hard to stop. So yeah. I mean, it's I don't I don't know. I mean, to, to me, they don't have the same type of defense that West Virginia does to stop him. So I, I'm, I, I'm I'm expecting Foreman to have a really big game in here to this week. Do you do you think that Kansas? If they, because here's the thing, like watching Kansas, especially a lot the last few weeks, I've really, really got to see them a lot the last few weeks. Um, one thing they do is they will try to play physical on defense. They w- they aren't scared. They play tough. They play, get up on the line. They come after you as, to the best of their talent ability allows. 
do you think they can bang with Foreman for four quarters because they don't have any depth? Uh, no, I, that's my, that's my thing. I think maybe for the first two quarters or so, they they can they can play with Foreman a little bit. But I think you know you start getting late in that third quarter and in the fourth quarter, I think he's just gonna wear him down. If he yeah. has thirty five carries, I think the last say fifteen carries of that are gonna be big numbers. Yeah, that's kind of what I look for to have to happen because they just. <clears throat> One thing you could see with them is they, you know, they're starting eleven, maybe even going into the fifteen or so with some of the people they rotate in, pretty solid as far as consistency. They always play hard. They're there every play. They're coming after you. Like I said, that game against Oklahoma, one that where I really got to watch them a hundred percent throughout the game, they hit our guys harder than anybody I can remember hitting our guys all season. Um, as far as consistently throughout four quarters. they And I look for them to try to do that against Texas. They will try to pop Foreman hard a, a few times early. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Uh, um, obviously, if you're Texas, you need a win. Absolutely. I mean, you've got to get bowl eligible here. And this is, you know, for lack of a better term, your best shot at doing that. So, And if you're Charlie Strong, you need a win. So to me, while, you know, a lot of people might be saying just take advantage of – you know, the secondary with these receivers and let Bouchelle try to win this game. To me, I'm putting the ball in Foreman's hands and letting him run 30 times if he can do it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I just and, don't see you know, how else you, it, you can do any better than that. And if Texas goes into Kansas and were to lose, I mean, th- that that's going to spill disaster for mm-hmm. Charlie Strong. I mean, th- this this is a must win. I mean, which, which they should win. I mean, th- that's what I'm saying. You know, it's not like it's a – a really good ball team that they're really close. I mean, they're they're better than Kansas. They should win this ball game. Mm-hmm. And if for some reason they were not to, then yeah, it's o- it's over down there. Yep. Uh, you know, one thing I will say real quickly: uh, 2:30 p.m. Central Time is the start time for this game. Um, these sleepy games like this in the early morning afternoon in these stadiums like this, where there's not a lot of fans, it can really law you to sleep, especially if you're the team expected to win. There's not a lot of eyeballs on you. We talk about it all the time with Iowa State names. Uh, they always – and they pack a house. I mean, they, they get a full stance. But just, you know, for whatever reason, a lot of times maybe the game's not as important and people aren't quite as jacked up for it, whatever. This one, if, if Texas isn't careful, I've seen it with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I've seen it with Kansas State. I mean, on and on and on. Baylor down through the years. A lot of teams have gone into the stadium and screwed around with Kansas for three and a half quarters and had a really ugly game and had to come out late and win it. Like TCU this year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you can't do that. Uh, Texas is going to have to set the tone early and go because this Kansas team, unlike some of the ones in recent years, will actually fight and, and stick around and try to go toe-to-toe with you instead of we're just going to go out here and go through the motions. So, you know, that's one thing to really watch here. If Texas doesn't come out fired up, ready to go to try to get this win, it could be real interesting with two minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. I agree. Um, I agree with that 100%. Brady, your thoughts on this game? Well, I'm with you guys. I think you feed the rock to Foreman, and I think he wins this game handily. I think if you're going to tote the rock with Foreman, you know, 30, 40 times this game, you're going to get a stack box by Kansas. And then, you know, Bichelle, he's – shown that he's a good deep ball thrower so all he's got to do is get one of his speedsters on the outside like DeVarnay and throw it up to him I mean I think I don't think this game will be close at all in my opinion shouldn't be you're right I don't know I'm gonna go the other way I'm gonna think I'm gonna say Texas it shouldn't be but I think Texas is probably gonna end up only winning this escaping this game more than anything uh I just don't I just think they're gonna do I think they will I think they'll go through it Don't they play somebody pretty good next week? Uh, Texas or Kansas? Texas. 
Okay. I was thinking, don't they play Tech or somebody? Wait, let me check. I know they played Tech. I can't remember who they play. Here, I'll check. TCU? TCU, maybe. Yeah, maybe TCU. Wait. I don't know. Um, they play somebody, but uh, anyway. Um, you got to be careful how we use really good team. Well, you know, like a, a, better, <laughs> a better team in the league. Yeah. Uh, because I, you know, I just don't know. There, there could be a chance they're looking ahead here. I, t- t- they really need this win badly. They really need to get in here. And you know, every time I've written Texas out this year, they've actually surprised me. Even if they've lost the game, they've showed up a little better than they should have. I just, to me, this feels all the world to me like they're going to struggle through this game and and barely come out at the end to win it. So they have TCU. TCU. So yeah, you know, if they're at all looking ahead to that game, man. Uh, it, it could be. I'm telling you, this Jayhawk team is not one to screw around with to where you don't get a, a, a gap on them early because they'll fight you to the death all the way through the four quarters until eventually their lack of depth beats them. But, you know, we'll see. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, you think days are dark right now for Texas. A loss to Kansas will completely black out that whole mm-hmm. Program. Oh, it'll yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you might as well or pack Charlie Strong. You might as well pack Charlie it. Strong's U-Haul at that point. Yeah, because I, I mean, I honestly don't know that they're going to be able to pull out another win this year, and this is their best shot to do it. If they don't even go, if they don't even get bowl eligible, I there's I'm telling you right now, zero chance he returns. I agree with that. Yeah, there's there's reports out that a seven and five record will, you know, salvage his job. I like I said at the beginning of the show, I. While it may salvage his job, I think if they're smart, they just cut the ties with him. I mean, people obviously aren't happy with what he's doing there. Uh, rubs people the wrong way out there. Some of the donors don't don't really like that he's not a, a social person. So get him out of there. Start over. You're you're not doing Texas any favors, and you're not doing Charlie Strong any favors by by keeping him around. Well, some of the reports they're putting out there, at least publicly anyway, you know, like I said, it's hard to really know who's telling the truth is that he's got the backing of the AD, the president, a lot of the big yeah. boosters, except for, you know, that one jackass, Red, whatever his name is. Well, that's kind of what I heard, too. Yeah. yeah. I kind of heard the same thing. It's basically they're they're looking for a reason to keep him, mm-hmm. not not to get rid of him, but to keep him. They're, they're wanting him to do well because they really like him. But, yeah. I mean, you know, you know how that is. I mean – whether that's 100% accurate or not, who knows. But that's yeah. I'm hearing the same thing. Uh, you know, it could just be a front from the university because it's one of the things you're never going to know unless you're in the room. But at least that's that's the message they're sending. Um, if you're wanting to attend this game, you can uh, buy tickets, up to 500 of them available for $19. So you're not going <laughs> to get to see a college football game much cheaper than that. Pretty expensive, if you ask me. Uh, okay, uh, rolling on into <laughs> anything else on this game before we roll on into the next one? Not really much else to say on this one, to be honest. Kansas has to fight to the end. Uh, Okay, rolling on to the next one here. Uh, Kansas State versus Baylor. Uh, This one is 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN2. Oh, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned this, going back quickly. uh, Kansas, Texas is on ABC or ESPN2, depending on probably where you live. So uh, this one, uh, Kansas State, Baylor, this one is on ESPN2 at 11 a.m. Central Time. Um, This one is pretty close on the FBI. They're giving Baylor... Basically, a 59% chance to win it. Um, you know, it's tough to, to say that's wrong. You know, for all – all I just, Kansas State, is just to me, it's feel like they've topped out for a few weeks. They just don't – it doesn't feel like you're getting the same football team you were getting three or four years ago – or th- three or four weeks ago. Does anybody else – I mean, is, am I crazy? Is that just no, me? No, I, I, I feel the same way. I feel like they're kind of at a plateau. 
I mean, to me, if they're going to have a chance this game, it's going to, have to be Jesse Yarge's legs. That that's going to have to be what wins the ball game for him. Because mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to have to eat up clock and get first downs and, and punch it in the end zone. I mean, that's yeah. to me, that's the way they're going to win the ball game. Now, whether or not I, they do it or not, I don't know. Let's see. For me, I I don't I I think Kansas State has the advantage. I think with uh, Russell going down, you've got Smith who. Is he a true freshman or? I don't know if he's a true freshman, but he's a freshman. I think that's what yeah. they said on the on, – yeah. I'm pretty sure he's true because the other one's already left, yeah. So, I mean, he's a he's a big kid. He's 6'4", 235 pounds. So, he's definitely a big kid. Got, got quarterback prototype. He actually threw the ball pretty decently. Um, but I just feel like Bill Snyder feeds off these type of people. I think that, that he will – game plan and a design to, to confuse this quarterback, and I think the defense will limit Baylor, I think, less than 20 points. Well, I mean, I to me, I, I kind of feel like the same way that Baylor – it's going to be interesting to see what kind of Baylor team you're going to get here now. The difference will be, too, that you're going to get – he's going to get all week to prepare as the starter – you know, you'll have to see. There's not really much to know. The one thing I know that I watched him from the game in a little bit, the kid does have an arm. Um, you know, he, he has times where he shows he's going to be accurate. Uh, to me, he looks like he's got a, a potential to have a bright future if he can survive all the, you know, BS that's going to come this university's way probably over the next year or two. Um, if they can get him the right coach in there, whatever the situation the may bad, be. But The bad thing for him, he's not going to have any talent around him to do anything with. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, we'll see. If they make the right hire, there's a chance that they there's a guy that couldn't, you know, and the hire goes back to, you know, potential of penalties and violations they could be facing possibly and all that. All that other stuff we'll get into on another show another time. But, um, you know, the right hire can still bring kids to a university. And if if they do make the right hire, who's to say that they can't get some talent in there around the kid? But he, to me... He's got a chance to be pretty good. I just don't know that he's quite ready for this. I don't know. I mean, at least he's at home. Um, you know, one thing that will be interesting, te- Kansas State, if they're right and they're hungry, they're going to come after the passer. Um, they're going to get after him pretty hard. Uh, and, uh, you know, they may put him on his butt two or three times early, and then he's done. You know, maybe mentally for the game he's just shot. Um, and that to me, that's what I would be looking to do if I was facing him. I would basically come after him hard, fast, and early and just basically shake him up as much as I possibly can. Well, and I really think that this is a game where if you're a Baylor defensive player, you guys say, we have to show up in this game. I mean, Mm -hmm. with with all the things that are going on with the offense, we have to show up in this game and play good, solid defense to stop the run. Because, I mean, they've struggled stopping the run for the most part this year. But, I mean, this then this game right here, in order for them to win this ball game, they're going to have to come out and play really solid defense and stop the run. Mm-hmm. And, and they haven't really shown that this year. Are, are, will they rally around all the injuries they're having on offense and make that happen this week? We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But they haven't shown it so far this year. Yeah. They, I mean, Baylor offensively, that's the thing. is like It's so hard to say that Baylor's going to do this or do this because we just don't know the quarterback play situation. And then you got – has anybody heard an update on Terrence Williams? Is he cool? I haven't heard. I haven't seen anything. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen anything new yet either. Outside of just you know he's uh, he's hurt and we have an injury. They you know they said he's definitely got an injury on Monday, but I haven't heard anything since then. Um, I forgot to look this morning when I before I went to sleep, but uh, last I saw, I didn't see anything 
that was really updating his his situation. So, I mean, if he's out of the game too, and I just I see no way Baylor can muster enough offense against this defense to beat him. But then again, Kansas State can go out there and put up three points. Yeah, I mean, right. it, it's just to me this is going to be a really hard one to figure out. Um, there's so many variables now. With if Russell was in there. Even with Williams out, I would say okay, they're going to air it out enough to win the game, but I just don't see how that happens. Yeah, I just think Baylor's at the point where they just want to get to the offseason. I, I don't think there's much drive in them, in them to be able to compete the rest of the year. You know, they lost their star quarterback. Their season's not going what they thought it would go. Um, and with Williams out, I mean, they're, they're not playing good ball at all right now. Uh, I just think – Snyder, to me, he just feeds off teams like this. He he can get up early or whatever he's going to do, make them make get even further down on themselves and just take advantage. I think you'll see a lot of clock control by K-State. Uh, you know, you got Ertz running the ball, and then you'll have a rotation of the other backs for K-State. And I just don't see much fight left in Baylor this year. Um. Like I said, at the end of the OU game, I really expected them to collapse, and they didn't. So I'll be interested to see, starting over with a fresh game, <clears throat> if they show up or not. I mean, being at home, you would think that at least early they would have some kind of motivation to play. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, obviously, Vegas is kind of up in the air on this one, too. I mean, it's basically a three-point favorite to Kansas State. You know, I, to me, that's probably about fair. I mean, I can't really say that it's not fair, given all the situations. So... Um, you know, to me, it's basically a coin toss game. I really, I would, I don't even want to try to predict the outcome of this game. If you forced me to, uh, you know, my head says that Kansas State finds a way to win it, but I, I really don't know, to be honest. Um, okay, anything else in this game? No. No. Okay, uh, rolling into the next one of this week, we got Texas Tech versus Iowa State. Uh, this one is on FS1. It's a 2:30 kick. Uh, you know, Iowa State might get their third win, maybe. <laughs> I, you know, I I was really thinking this about this game a lot today, and I really want to say Iowa State can pull this out, but I just I don't know how they're going to match the offensive output from Tech, even as bad as Tech's defense is. Like, I just don't see how Iowa State musters enough points. I mean, you know, they put up what twenty something against Kansas. I can't remember the score now. Twenty something against Kansas. So. Uh, you know, Tech's defense, they're probably a little more talented on paper than Tech Kansas' defense, but they don't play near as hard uh, or as consistent, really, in my opinion. Um, I don't know that even if they do find a way to put up, say, I know, and I know you can't go game to game like that, but say they do find a way to put up 20 points on Tech, that's not going to be near enough to beat them. No. So I just don't see in what way Iowa State really can pull this out. And I really want to say they can, but I really just don't see it. To me, to me, the only way they'd be able to do it is they play clean football, don't turn the ball over. When they get to the red zone, convert, and then on defense, try to come up with a couple of, of turnovers somewhere. Mm -hmm. To me, that's about the only way. They're, they're going to have to win the turnover battle in this game. If, if they don't, then I, I see Texas Tech winning pretty easily in this game because Mahomes is playing really good football right now. And well, judging by what we've seen Iowa State secondary look like for majority of this year, if he gets on a roll, watch out. Yeah. I mean, the the trio of receivers, Tech, I need to keep meaning to have their names in front of me because I can't remember the names show to show, but Giles, Kuti, and I forget the third one every time. Um, the, that trio of receivers right there that have been so lethal 
as far as they're pretty similar. They they make a lot of good plays. They're consistent. You can rely on them. You know, one guy might have, I mean, obviously here lately it's been Giles who's been shredding people, but you can kind of rely, rely on all three of them in critical situations. I just don't know how Iowa State deals with that. Um, they're they're going to they're, I think they're gonna have to run the ball and try to control the clock, eat up a lot of clock yeah. as much as possible. Yep. Uh, you yep. know, th- and, and try to play just clean football, try to move the chains constantly and just eat clock and, and convert. I mean, there's, there's not – there's not like a athletic wise. If you put Mahomes out there, he's going to put up points. Mm-hmm. So I mean, to me, they're going, that's that's going to have to be their main focus offensively is just getting first down, first down, first down, and trying to eat as much clock as possible. I'm curious to see what they do about. I, I kind of feel like they might try to do the same thing they did against Oklahoma because of the similarities uh, in some of the situations where you know Oklahoma. We didn't think they were going to have a running back in this game. Obviously, Flowers ended up taking over and carrying that that game for them on the ground, but. They didn't show any respect for the run game early, and they were coming after OU like crazy. I kind of expect them to do the similar thing here. You know, Felton has carried the ball well the last few games, um, but I feel like Iowa State probably says, okay, we'll let Felton get to 100, 150 yards, whatever. If we can shut down Mahomes, we're going to win this game. So to me, I kind of look for them to kind of do the same thing, just continually come after him, which I haven't seen an Iowa State defense play that aggressive in a while, and they came after OU like crazy that game. I kind of feel like they're going to do the same thing in this one. The only negative of that is, is if you don't hold your lanes right, Mahomes is going to pull the ball down, and he's he's going to be trotting down the field. Oh yeah, you he'll know? get I mean, you. He gone. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's the thing. If you had to be disciplined with him because you can't. He, he's not just going to stand there and throw the ball. He he's going to if if you miss a lane or something, he's mm-hmm. going to take off on you and burn you bad. Yeah, and I mean you saw. A few times, too, where, for instance, since we were comparing the two, Baker leaked out on him and got him, too. But for the most part, they did a pretty good job of containing. And I kind of feel like it just, to me, what was really cool about that night is if they're going to use a similar game plan is they blitz from a lot of different locations. I kind of look for them to do the same thing here to Mahomes. It was actually a really creative scheme on their part. Um, You know, as creative as you can be with basically just we're coming after you. But... Um, Mahomes, you know, we, we've said we don't think he's 100% healthy. If he's not, if you can get in there and bang him up a few times, you know, who knows? He ends up getting hurt. You you got this thing at that point probably. So, you know, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, Brady, you got any opinions on what could happen in this one? I, you know, I'm kind of on the Iowa State bandwagon. They uh, got their first Big 12 win. I think it's a good shot for them to get their second. I, I think it's going to be a very close game. Uh, I think. I would expect something along the lines of 40, 40 to 35 or something like that, and, you know, maybe even a two, three-point game. I think Iowa State can control the clock with Montgomery and Warren, and then, you know, you got Joel Lanning to come in and run the ball, and I think Park has shown that he can be a little more efficient with passing. So if he takes care of the ball and, you know, we know Tech's defense is not good at all, and Lazard – He's he looked good last game, so if they can air it out to Lazard, you know, kind of keep him out of the box a little bit and get Montgomery and Warren the ball and get Landing in there. I think they can control the clock a lot on this game. Do I think they can stop Texas Tech on defense? They may be able to make a few stops. I mean, it's hard for anybody to stop Texas Tech. I think they have one of the best offenses out there, uh, especially passing offenses, and then one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in college football as well. But I, I think, to me, I think defense, I think uh, Iowa State's defense is better than Tech, so I think defense wins out. So 
I'm giving Iowa State the advantage. One thing I will say quickly before we move on, if I'm a Tech fan, I want to see us come after them. Um, you know, I don't know how effective Mike Warren will be this week. He seems like he's been kind of hit and miss lately when he has played the games he hasn't played, you know, obviously. He's but, been a little banged up. I think he's, I think he's actually going to be a little bit healthier this year, maybe even full health. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen if he's going to be, if they're th- expecting him to be 100% or not this week. But, um, you know, I, I still want him to see, I want to see Tech's defense play with some pop. Even if they get beat, like I said, come after the guy. You know, do something to to force your presence on this game and leave your print on this game. Um, also, if you want to attend this game, there's uh, almost 800 tickets available starting at nine dollars. Nine bucks. Nine dollars. Yep. That's what Did you cost I hear that coat. right? Did I hear that right? Nine dollars. Mm-hmm. And what's usually oh, yeah. a packed house in the third largest stadium in the conference. So I mean, it's that's pretty impressive to only get to go for nine dollars. Um, you're not going to get to see very many college football games in this day and age in Division One football well, for nine dollars. And if you if you live around Ames, it's worth the nine bucks just to go watch my home play. Yeah, so, I mean, and to go you, see a live game. Yeah, why so, not? I mean, go so, go go watch the game. Especially if you've never been to a college game. If you've never been to a college game, go check it out. If we lived in Iowa, we would go to that game. Yeah, it'd be a good game. So, yeah. all right, uh, we're going to roll into our second to last game here. Um, Iowa State TCU felt like this one. This one to me is is kind of being overlooked, and I feel like this is kind of a big game. Um, Oklahoma State definitely has it all in front of them. You know they they can if they can win out, obviously they can win the conference. Um, you know it helps it helps their case obviously if Oklahoma gets beat too. But still, I mean they they can do what they need to do. They can they can handle business if they if they can do that. They come away with the win. Um, TCU, man, at home, they've been solid this year. It's They haven't been consistent. It's kind of hard to know what to make of them, t- to be honest, um, especially, they're, you know, you get that whole Hill and for, uh, Sawyer uh, back and forth with the quarterback thing. But um, Kenny Hill, you know, they didn't play last weekend. I'm kind of curious to see if they're going to come out and try to take control with him or if they're going to go out and finally just say, we're going to go out and throw the ball, you know, go the other way. Help me out. The other quarterback's name. I keep forgetting his name. Sawyer. Uh, Sawyer. I can't remember his other name. But anyway, Sawyer. Um, I'm curious to see if they're going to kind of commit to anything because they've had this bye week. Because, you know, they've they've gone back and forth with these two for, I don't know, what, three weeks now, four mm-hmm. weeks, something like that. And they just haven't shown any kind of – it's not really like a consistent feel to it. Like, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. It's just kind of touch and go. I'm kind of curious to see if this bye week, if they've decided – we're going to commit to this, we're going to go with Hill, or we're going to commit to this in this situation or this in this situation. I'm curious to see what comes of that and how Golden State adjusts to that. Yeah, well, in my opinion on the, the TCU quarterback thing, it, it's almost like, to me, if they're able to stay in a close ball game, then I don't mind Hill being on the sideline. But if they're behind a little bit, I, I like Hill in there because for the fact is, is he's kind of that home run guy. Now, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, he, he can make some mistakes, but he's also got that electric side to him where he can make a big play happen pretty fast. And so, I mean, it's, I'm I'm with you. I don't really know what they're going to do, but if they're, need, they're needing points, if, if Oklahoma State is moving the ball and scoring, I almost think you almost have to go with Hill just because he's got he's got the biggest home run threat in him, in my opinion. Yeah. I, you know, it kind of depends on stability, too. To me, obviously, you know, Sawyer's been a little more consistent. But I don't know if 
you know, like I said, I just don't know that he's going to give you the pop if you need a big play at home run or anything like that. It just he hasn't. He's made some good plays. Don't get me wrong, but he just doesn't feel like the guy that can get that done for you. And TCU, I have a feeling. I mean, if you if you force me to predict what's going to happen to this game, I you know I would expect it to be somewhat of a shootout between these two. Um, you know, so I don't. I would think you're going to need some some home runs to probably stay in this if you're TCU, but at the same time. You know, Oklahoma State, they've got to come in and show up and win this game. And, you know, I don't know. It's To me, there's a, to me there's not being enough said about this game. It, it could be a key game. If, if Oklahoma State goes down there and stumbles, man, that changes everything for them. Yeah, you're so, right. You're absolutely you know, right. It's a big game. Um, I'll be interested to see, you know, the running back situation, Hicks. You know, it's just the things have been so quiet with TCU in the last week with them being off. It just it feels like it's so hard to say what they're going to do because I felt like there's so many things they could have corrected potentially in this bye week. I'm curious to see what they're going to do. They had so many problems going into it. Hicks, people were pissed off because he wasn't playing enough. Um, you know, you have the quarterback dynamic. You have Turpin being injured a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just so many things that could have been corrected and changed in this week. It almost feels like you don't really know what to predict with him what they're going to do. I'm hoping they've they've corrected some things and made some changes. And you feel like Patterson's a good enough coach to make that you know call but like for instance with both quarterbacks i wouldn't mind seeing some kind of uh sub package where they were both out there one lined up in the slot and you know you got that gives you potential for a screen pass and then a pass downfield you know things like that use them both get creative with it because they're just not quite the team they should have been this year but there is some talent there and they could do some things like that so yeah and, and i think Oklahoma state you know will they continue to run the ball pretty good i mean we've seen the last two or three weeks they, they've ran the ball better uh, CCU, they're going to have to run the ball a little bit, keep them honest, so they can try to throw the ball deep on them. But, I mean, it, this game to me is a toss-up game. I mean, if, you, if you're if you asking me to go to Vegas, put down some money, to me this this game is – it's it's a, probably a field-goal game to me, mm-hmm. either direction. It, that That's kind of way – I think this is going to be a very close – to me, both the OSU and TCU game and OU West Virginia game are going to be good, close ball games. Mm-hmm. I, I really – to me, it could go either way. I think it's field-goal either way. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I Brady, you got any thoughts on this game? No, that's kind of what I think. I think it's going to be a very close game. I think offensively, I, I give the edge to Oklahoma State. I think their offense is clicking right now. Uh, defensively, you know, as sketchy as TCU's been this year, I I still think they have the better defense, uh, all around defense, anyways. Mm-hmm. And but where I think the the difference is going to come, I think is special teams. Uh, I think Oklahoma State wins that battle with uh, their kicker and punter. I think Grogan can get them some field goals, and I think uh, I don't know how to say his last name. Sinor is that his name? Uh, I can't or remember punt? how somebody told me to pronounce it the other day, but Sinor. Uh, Cullen told me I, I call it Sinor. I don't really know. I think he said Signer. So he say it. Signer, whatever it is, uh, the punter for Oklahoma State. I think he's he can have a big game in uh, controlling field position. So I think if they can, you know. Whenever you have an offense and defense split, I think the the winning decider for me is special teams. Who wins in special teams? And I think that Oklahoma State has that edge, and I think uh, Signer can can pin them deep and make them go the length of the field, which I think gives Oklahoma State advantage. I, I think Oklahoma State defensively is is decent. Um, they still give up the big play every now and then, um, but I but I think that they can be a bend 
but not break defense against TCU. Yeah, and it seems like you know Oklahoma State's also in their calling cards this year, and it's been over the last few years is turnovers on defense. Yeah, they 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 bend you know they'll give up some yards of points, but then they come up with that one or two big turnovers that kind of change the momentum pretty quick the other direction. And you know whenever you go on the road, that that's a big time thing if you if you can get a turnover and kind of switch momentum pretty quick. So they they've been doing that most of the year and in the last couple of years as well. But if they're able to do it in this game too, I I can see Oklahoma State you know pulling this game out. I just to me, this is one of those games where there's so much on the line. It, 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 it's going to be such a good close ball game. I, I, I like I said, I, to me, it's a coin toss. It's a, it's a three point ball game to me, either direction. I'm, yeah, that's kind of way I'm leaning. I just to me, I guess what I've been trying to say too is is TCU. If you look, <laughs> they still need a win to get a bowl game. So this is a big game for them too. Um, people are kind of overlooking them, overlooking this game to some degree. I feel like it just hasn't been talked about near enough this week. Um, TCU is still good enough to hurt you and beat you. Um, and, you know, just that fear of them being on that bye week, what could they have done, you know, or what could they have up their sleeve for this game? Uh, to me, if I'm an Oklahoma State fan, I'm a little bit worried about that possibility because, you know, by all intents and purposes, OSU should go in. They're the better team. They should win this game. But, you know, OSU – is not infallible by any means. And TCU, although they've been uh, down this year, are still capable and still talented to beat you. So, right. you know, like I said, that fear of that bye week and that it's been so quiet around that camp, camp, everything the last week or so, uh, you're not hearing much or anything. I, to me, it just it worries me a little bit about what they could have up their sleeve if I'm an Oklahoma State fan. So it'll be interesting to see. I think it'll be a good ball game. Vegas has this as a five-point line. Um, you know, they they have TCU actually favored with the FBI here <clears throat> to win this. Um, and Vegas is actually picking TCU as a five point favorite here. So you know, we'll see. I don't know. To me that to me that surprised me a little bit. I you know, if anything if you want to make them a favorite, I would have thought, you know, maybe a point or two, but five points I felt like it was a little much, but we'll see. I don't know. Um it just it's hard to say. TCU's had so many things that they could have corrected, need to correct it. Uh, you know, a lot of inconsistencies and things. So we'll see what they do. I don't have any idea really. It's it's hard to really get a good feel on this one because of all the potential outcomes I see in this game. So um, anything else on this game before we move on, real quick? No, I think the Lions really big though. Too, yeah, like you said. Yeah, I mean, if it, if I was gonna put money on the line, I'd probably you know lean a little towards Oklahoma State to cover that five. Um, to me, it feels like the safer pick, especially if they end up winning the game. But uh, I don't know. That's that's yeah, that is a little big to me too. But we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> uh, rolling into this last one of the week, uh, this one is kind of the feature game. Obviously, it's the primetime game on ABC. Uh, Oklahoma and West Virginia. Uh, Oklahoma goes up to Morgantown. Uh, you know, they've had some some real big shootouts there in recent years. Uh, West Virginia has everything in front of them still to win this conference, so for them it's big. Obviously, we know OU's undefeated in conference. West Virginia is five and one. Uh, this game is at 7 p.m. Central Time on ABC. Uh, if you look at the the FBI, FBI has OU uh, about a 55% chance to win this game, and I you know I feel like that's fair. That's pretty close. Uh, this is a pretty 50-50ish type game. Um, OU's a, a three-point favorite, so. Yeah, I just want to point out what a shame it is for game day to leave out the Big 12 this year on that crap. <laughs> Going to freaking Western Michigan and Buffalo. I mean, who the crap cares about that game? Yeah, they the, they 
feel like they have to go visit the little people once a year, and it's usually around this time every year. I guess that's the only thing I could figure. Yeah, I mean, night, night game in Morgantown, so that means OU will get back to Norman probably about, what, Thanksgiving or so? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's like, yeah, it's I hell know. getting Especially, there, it's hell getting back. Yeah, because it's not, you can't just go straight into Morgantown. Yeah, exactly, on top of the yeah, weather. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a nasty. That's another thing to watch, too. Um, I definitely feel like if with a healthy Piran and, def- and a healthy mix and that favors Oklahoma with the rushing attack they have, and obviously Baker can move when he has to. And then also, obviously, as we see all flowers, you know, going on down the line, they can run the ball. I feel like that favors Oklahoma to some degree. But uh, real quickly, I thought we could let the guy who gets paid to, to cover this for a living say a few things. This is Herb Street's breakdown of the game. I figure you guys would rather hear him than us. Street and welcome to the Home Depot game plan breakdown. A big matchup in the Big 12 for two teams that are still looking to climb the ladder and the latest rankings for the college football playoffs. First of all, Oklahoma on the road in Morgantown. This Oklahoma football team has really rebounded from where they were early in the year when they lost to Houston and Ohio State. If you have not seen them play in the last seven weeks, the story has been Baker Mayfield and D.D. Westbrook. They will have to have big nights throwing the football against a very athletic and very aggressive West Virginia defense. Also, Samaje Pirine, who had a great game his true freshman year, first trip into Morgantown a couple years ago. He'll have to give the Sooners balance. And then it's West Virginia at home in Morgantown. We know how crazy they can be. Their defense will be playing with an edge and a lot of intensity. But to me, if they're going to win the game, Skylar Howard and his receivers will have to be able to match what Baker Mayfield is doing. This has the potential of a shootout in Morgantown on Saturday night on ABC primetime. Okay, so that's Herb Street there. Uh, I mean, no no secret. I mean, it's pretty pretty uh, common sense there. He's he's <clears throat> liking the running game with Oklahoma. West Virginia's defense is going to be pretty solid. Tough to go against. I You know, to me, I don't, I don't know that West Virginia – I think some people were kind of looking at their defense wrong. And don't get me wrong, I don't want to say they're overrated by any means because they've been really good all year. They're not a shutdown style defense. They're not going to just absolutely upset you. They're almost almost somewhat like Oklahoma State, I guess, to some degree. They're opportunistic with their turnovers. They're really good at coverage. They, you know, when they could drop guys into coverage, if you can't force them to get out of that, they're going to probably beat you. I mean, it's it's almost that simple. If you can force their guys up front to have to rely on some guys in the back to come up and help in the run game, getting after the passer, things like that, it completely changes the dynamic and the game plan of that 3-3-5. If they can't stay back and drop multiple guys into coverage, it's really hard for them to win. With with this whole weather situation we've been talking about, you know, kind of brought up a little bit, how do you think that's going to affect OU's throwing game? I mean, lately they've been throwing the ball all the place. Westbrook's been able to get open anytime he wants. Do you, do you feel like the weather might might affect – that that explosiveness that OU's had over the last few weeks. Uh, I mean, I, I think it could the deep balls. It did, you know I'll have to see like the wind and all that. I mean, there has been some sometimes in in last year and then you know not ideal weather with some wind and stuff earlier this year. It wasn't cold obviously, but uh, you know wind and stuff. And he's he's done really well throwing the ball. I mean, Baker's got a strong arm, so he can throw through a lot of it. It just obviously these you know plays that end up being 50, 60 yard passes downfield. Those are going to end up being. You know, kind of curious to see what happens with those. But for the most part, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be able to do most of what they do. Um, he He's not the type of guy that likes to air it out a lot. He likes to throw it hard through. So I think he'll be okay for the most part. But obviously, if there's a lot of wind and, you know, when it gets too cold, the ball gets hard. It gets harder to catch. It gets harder to grip. So to some degree, yeah, some of the ones where he's really got to air it out could be hard. But I think for the most part, both quarterbacks will do okay. 
Well, to me, if you look at this game, I, I think it's going to solely come down to Howard. Can can he make plays and not turn the ball over? Last couple of weeks, he's had bad turnovers, mm-hmm. and if he does that against Oklahoma with this offense, they're they're going to make you pay big time. Mm-hmm. So he he has to take care of the football. Yeah. And to me, that's going to be a major factor in this game is is how well Howard handles OU's defense and and does makes better decisions. It, if it's not there, throw the ball away. Live yeah. another down. Don't don't try to force anything because. If you put your defense in a bad situation here, OU is going to be ahead real quick. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing they can't do with it. I mean, like we said, Oklahoma's offense is running as good as anybody's in the country right now, statistically better than just about anybody. And you don't want to give them the ball more times than you have to. So, right. and to me, that's interesting to see with West Virginia. Um, at times, they've been kind of pass heavy. You know, do they go? Do they? Can they run the ball enough with their running backs to? Kind of play, keep away, time of possession, and all that. Uh, you know, Brady, what are, what's your opinion on some on this game? Uh, I'm with Kendall. I, I, that was exactly my opinion. I think the game rides on Howard. Uh, if he's able to recover, uh, kind of what he's done these last two weeks, if he's able to turn that around and have put in a good game and uh, not turn over the ball, I think it can be really close. Um, I think with the weather conditions, what they're projected to be, I think definitely plays into OU's hands a little more. I think they're a better rush run defense, and also they have two of the better running backs in, in college football. Um, and with cold weather, I mean, who the heck would want to tackle P. Ryan in this kind of weather? Um, but, I mean, that's not to say West Virginia doesn't have a good a good run game as well. I think they do a really good job running the ball. They're, they're a very balanced offense. They don't rely just solely on the pass like a lot of Big 12 teams do. But – uh, I, I think they're they're a balanced defense, and they can they can definitely play well in this weather as well. So, and we all know West Virginia is a, a pretty tough place to play. Uh, I assume the fans will still be out burning couches regardless of weather. So, yeah, they have to bring a little extra gasoline depending on the amount of rainfall. Might need to stay but, warm. Uh, go ahead. Uh, so you might need to burn the couches to stay warm. Yeah, that's the truth. Halftime is burning. But yeah, to me, I think I think OU pulls out the win. I I just think offensively, what what they're doing this year, since you know the early part of the year, obviously they struggled early, but the emergence of D.D. Westbrook and then Mixon really coming to his own, and then now P. Ryan's back. Uh, I think with another week, get his legs back under him a little bit more. I think he'll he'll be able to produce again more more like the P. Ryan OU's used to seeing. Um, I I just don't see West Virginia, while they're a good team, I just don't see that them pulling out the victory against OU this week. Yeah, this um, – What's the spread on this game? Uh, I, I got OU – I mean, I got OU favored by two and a half on the list I have here. So it's uh, basically okay. a field goal game. Updated That's, last yeah. time. This, this was just reloaded. ESPN has it at plus three. Okay, so uh, the, West Virginia. So, yeah. So OU's favored by three. Um, you know, neither team has been spectacular against the spread this year either. Uh, West Virginia has been four and five against the spread. OU's been three and seven against the spread. As a favorite, OU's been three and five this season. Uh, as an underdog, West Virginia's one and zero. So, give you a little bit of the history there. Um, you know, as some people may remember, this is the game where where P Ryan introduced himself to the country and the Big Twelve as a whole. Uh, two years ago, this is the game where he just went off. Um, yeah, after Ford's injury. Yeah, I mean he just absolutely ran through the secondary. 
ran them over up left right down i mean he did whatever the heck he wanted in this game so that's that's um, when p ryan started melting people yeah uh that game really kind of swung on that and then obviously alex ross's kick return touchdown uh so on that note the last few times that they've been there have been really interesting really big games really good shootouts obviously the first year they were in the big 12 the game with landry jones and uh tavon austin was yes. just insane um still 48 one, 49 or 49 50 whatever that yeah, final score was very reminiscent of ou texas tech uh this year although it seems like the ou west virginia game felt like it had more plays you know better playmaking in it to, for me to some reason and it may just be that it's been so long ago but um anyway these two i mean they're you know, OU obviously they average 12 more points a game, but they give up 10 more points a game. Um, you know, they put up, they get, they average about 50 more yards a game. Passing, they average you know, 70 more yards a game, roughly. Rushing, OU, the key one here, OU rushes for 220 yards a game basically, but West Virginia is right behind them at 212. Yeah. And I feel like if West Virginia is going to win this game, or even if OU is going to win this game, it's going to come down to running the ball and running it well. And You've got to give that advantage to Oklahoma. In West Virginia, they just don't – their defensive line isn't built to stop a really solid run game. Um, if if you start seeing P. Ryan and even – I mean, Mixon's 220, 30 pounds, whatever, and a monster, he's no small guy himself. You start seeing them getting into one-on-one -on -one positions with guys in the secondary, it's going to be a long night for West Virginia. Um, they've got to figure out a way to control – and like I said, OU's offensive line has quietly become the best one in the league um, you're going to have to figure out a way to win that battle up front and stop these guys before they get started. I just don't see any way you allow them to, to do damage and win this game if you're West Virginia. Yeah, I'm just kind of looking at this game. I'm with Vegas and both the FBI. I mean, I I think I give OU a slight edge in this game due to the running backs, but I, I, I'm i assuming it's going to be within – I don't necessarily see OU winning by more than touchdown. I, I see this being – you know, six maybe big touchdown game. I think it's going to be a pretty good ball game, mm -hmm. and, and especially yeah, I, we don't know all the all the other elements as far as like weather and things like that that might factor in later on too. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. I think it's going to be a, a very close game. Um, but that being said, I think if uh, Howard comes out like he has the last two weeks, I think he can get away from West Virginia pretty quick. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with you on that. I mean, Howard, like like you and I both said, uh, Howard to me and you both is the key to this game. If he does something yeah. stupid, turns the ball over on the twenty yard line, it, it the OU's gonna punch it in. Yeah, it's, it's that simple. And and OU's been really good at getting points off turnovers when they have gotten them, um, either directly or quickly after that. And it usually, I mean, if if Howard those turns the ball over to them three times, I give West Virginia about a five percent chance to win this game. Like it's really that critical. He doesn't turn the ball over. This offense is just playing too high a level right now to give them that many opportunities. I agree. So. All right. Anything else on this or anything else? I mean, sorry we couldn't go into huge in-depth on all these games. We wanted to, but we it's just not enough time to do all that, and you guys don't need a four-hour show. So, um, Want to go quickly against the spread? Uh, oh, yeah. I'm sure you can't wait to talk about that, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So, Brady, dang right, man. Yeah, Brady had a good week. He went 5-0 and last week. And, uh, you yeah, know. Sun shines on a dog's ass every once in a while. Every once in a while. And then uh, Corey went 3-2, and two, and Jack Strap and I went 2-3. Uh, and three. And then Colin went back to his normal self and went uh, 0 and 5. So, oh boy, Colin! Yeah, wow. yeah, it went. You know, it. it uh, some things uh, correct themselves week to week. Yeah. And uh, what's interesting is uh, season wide uh, between top four of us, not counting Colin because he's way back. 
But everybody else, we're, we're within four games of each other season total. So we're, it's going to come down to the last couple of weeks here. Who's and winning? So, Who's winning? Uh, I am right now. But like I said, it's, there's only four games difference between first and fourth. So we're, it's, it's close, very close for everybody. So uh, no, I'm back except on for the plus except side of 500 this year. Finally. Yes. Every, everybody's close except for Colin. Yeah, yeah, he's bringing up the rear. So <laughs> What's he like? Six games under five hundred. He's he's twenty one and thirty two. Yeah, so he's Good eleven games. God. Yeah, he if he was a Vegas right now, he'd be panhandling for money. Colin would be. Yeah, oh, he'd be like <laughs> selling his hair like that yeah. one guy was for wigs. <laughs> yeah, trying to get home. Uh, all right. So, so so let's go ahead and roll into this week's games. Uh, Colin, I, I'll have to get his picks, but uh, he better just go ahead and just jump on with all of us and pick what we pick. So, uh, so let's go ahead. <laughs> let's go ahead and start our first game. Uh, to me, uh, this is a very pivotal game for the Big Twelve uh, with Houston and Louisville, because uh, you know with with what happened yeah. OU. If, if Houston were to win this game, uh, it, it really helps OU out a lot in the uh, standings. So yep, they, yeah, it does. So uh, Louisville is at Houston, and uh, Louisville is a fourteen point favorite in this game. So Jockstrap, who are you going to take in this game? Let you go Can first. You come back to me. Oh come on! All right, Brady. Hey, Louisville. Louisville. You taking Louisville? Okay. You think Louisville to cover? All right. What do you got, Brady? As much as, much as I love Houston winning this game, I don't think it's possible. I think uh, I think Lamar Miller owns Houston this week. All give right. me, give me Houston. <laughs> yes, that was a changeup. <laughs> I was like, I started pissing in Louisville already. All right, so let me change that, Houston. All right, Corey, what are you taking? Uh, yeah, Louisville. He's just um, – I expect him to have, like, a career day against that defense. This team is not even the same team that played OU. Yeah, they're I'm just – I'm with you. They're downhill. Uh, I'm I'm leaning towards Louisville myself. They, I, they, although, they couldn't stop him on their best day. Yeah, although 14 points is a lot of points, but I, I'm with you guys. Yeah. All right, uh, second game we got going on here. Uh, let's go another national game. Out of the Pac-12, this is a big game. Uh, Washington State at Colorado. And yeah, uh, it is a big game. And Buffaloes are a, a four and a half point favorite at home. Uh, this I, is in Colorado. Yeah, it's in Colorado Boulder. Uh, I got, I got Washington State. Ah, going with leeches, huh? All right. We got uh, Brady. Um, man, being that it's in Colorado, I think I'm going to go Colorado. All right. Who you taking, Corey? Yeah, I'm going to take uh, Colorado running the offense that Leach created, basically, with how money. That's what they're running now, Tech's former offense. And if you remember that offense in its heyday, if you watch this game, it's just like watching them in their heyday. It's it's exactly the same offense. I, I'm I'm Just because it's in Colorado, I'm picking Colorado. If it was Washington State, I think I'd probably lead towards Leach. But I'm going to take Colorado on this one as well. Uh, other national game, this is the Hurricane one, right? Whatever. Supposed to be in Florida, but due to the whole hurricane, yeah. Matthew makeup. Yeah, yeah. and now Florida it's at LSU, LSU instead of being in Florida. So, uh, mm-hmm. and LSU is a thirteen and a half point favorite going into this game. This one's in in uh, Baton Rouge. Right? Yes, they switched it up due to the hurricane. So, uh, Jockstrap, what are you Give taking? Me LSU. LSU. Brady, what are you taking? LSU. Corey. They're a fourteen point favorite. Uh, basically, thirteen and a half. No, let, let's just say that. To say that Florida's probably going to win the East, and they're an underdog by over two touchdowns to probably the second or third place team in the West. That's how bad the East is. It's true. Uh, give me LSU to cover it, I guess, even though I don't feel good about it. I'm taking LSU. I don't. I don't think they have any chance to stop it for net. Uh, Colin's probably going to pick Florida if he did. Well, that's good for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Now we move on to the two Big Twelve games that seem to be the two bigger ones. Uh, first one: Oklahoma State at TCU. 
And uh, TCU is a four and a half point favorite. Oklahoma State. Jockstrap takes Oklahoma State. Uh, Brady. Take Light. Okay. Uh, Corey. Three point favorite in TCU. Uh, four. Sorry, four, four and, and a half. half. Give me TCU to cover that. TCU. Uh, I'm gonna pick Oklahoma State. But like I said, I, to me this is a 50-50 ball game. So uh, then the last one is gonna be the big one of the, the Big 12 this week is uh, OU at West Virginia, and OU is two and a half point favorite. Give me two and a half. Two and a half. I'll take OU, I guess. All right. Just two and a half. Yeah. All right, Brady. Well, I don't, I'm not going to have to ask you. All right. Uh, yeah. Corey? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to cover. I think they'll win by four or five points if they win. So, I just, you know, two and a half is too easy to cover if you're going to cover it. Yeah, that's why I, I am. Uh, to me. I think it's at least a field goal. Yeah. That's why I, I'm, I'm laying with you guys. I mean, I I, I think it's a close ball game. I can see I like a 31-27 OU win yeah, or something like that. that's what I feel like, so. too. I feel like OU's a little bit better, and they're going to pull it out at the end. But I, it's going to be a close ball game. It's going to be a good ball game. All right. Uh, that wraps up our pre- review and preview segment. Uh, you know, hour and a half, not too bad there on the length of the show. Um, any final thoughts for this weekend before we get out of here Colin's, so I can go to work? Colin's picks are going to be up at our website. Yep, you're right. Yep. Uh, yeah. By the way, on that note, visit our website, big12country.com. You know, as you should know by now, the, the 12 is XII on everything. Well, one thing I, I'm, I'm looking for this weekend, I, there's going to be a lot settled in the Big 12 this week. We're going to we're gonna know a lot more about the landscape coming in on Sunday than we do right now. It's, it, a lot of things are going to work themselves out pretty quick. Yeah, we'll finally have a pretty clear picture of how it's going to end up. And, you know, if, it, if everything goes to plan, we'll have the exciting Bedlam game, you know, the, something that the OU and OSU fans have wanted for years now since Texas especially has been down to have – Bedlam really, really for real be for all the marbles yeah. instead of just one team can win it, one team can lose it. Well, I just, also, I just want to give one little quick shout-out to Kansas. I know they we've been dogging them all year in football, but yesterday, uh, last night, they their basketball team knocked off number one Duke last night, so that was that was a good win for Kansas basketball. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Grayson Allen went down for Duke, too. Hey, uh, as a whole, the Big 12 kicked ass the last few days in uh, basketball. Last Almost. week or so, TCU looked good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas Tech won handily. I mean, it, it, the Big 12 has done well. Well, whatever you're talking about basketball, well, Duke's – most of Duke's players were hurt. Well, that's true. I, I ain't going to lie to you there. That's no, like true, their but, best yeah. players were hurt. Yeah. Screw, still, screw Duke. Nobody they're, cares. They're ranked number one, though, so they, they still got knocked off. Yeah. So, that's a good win. Good job, Kansas. Um, okay. Uh, on that note, uh, you know where to find us by now. We're getting out of here. Everybody say bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. See you later.